Welcome to the Business of Happiness podcast. It's your host, Dr. Taryn McCarthy, and this is the podcast where we put happiness first. I help high-achieving, deeply passionate healthcare professionals like you rediscover their happiness and their freedom. Join me in conversations with experts to uncover our unique definition of happiness and answer the question, is there really such a thing as work-life balance? (laughs) If you've heard yourself saying, you know, I'll be happy when, well, my friend, the time is now. Time to step out of the busyness of your life and time to step into the business of happiness. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Business of Happiness podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Taryn McCarthy, and today is going to be a great day. Today is always an opportunity to experience a phenomenal day. It's true. It's true. You might not feel that way. You might hear me say that and think, oh my gosh, toxic positivity. But let me tell you, that we create our own happiness, my friend. And we get to create our own reality. Amazing, amazing to hear. And maybe you are somebody who has always put everyone else ahead of you. Maybe you've put yourself last, dead last your whole life. You have been a people pleaser who wants to create Happiness for everyone else around you, making sure that everyone else's needs are met before yours, compensating for everybody else all the time, supporting them, being there for them, being available every moment of the day to jump at a moment's notice, feeling responsible for everybody else. And today we are finding out that people pleasing is a fear response. Drum roll, please. (laughs) Did you know that your lifelong, maybe not lifelong, maybe just past year, past decade, pursuit to make everyone else in the world around you happy, did you know that that could be an indication of a fear response? And let me just say you are not alone. There are so many of us in medicine and dentistry who self-identify as being a people pleaser. It's true. (laughs) And so often we create for ourselves our sense of worth based on what other people think of us. And it's just so hard to fight that, to tell yourself that that's not true, that what other people think of me is none of my business. I know you've heard that saying before, but it's true. It's absolutely true. Today, I want to dive into how people-pleasing could be a trauma response, a fear response, and why it's so difficult for you to just let that go. You know, I was talking to an incredible doctor the other day. She is really doing miracles. She's doing amazing things in this world. And she was telling me that her whole life feels like she's just working for other people. She's helping her patients feel better about themselves, serving them in a beautiful way. But she feels like her colleagues, the people she works with, the people who help create this possibility for her, she's constantly doing what they need for her. And maybe 
making up for what other people are deficient in. She said, I've realized people are using me because I've taught them to use me because I'm constantly doing things for other people. She said, my friends use me if I'm honest with myself because I'm the one that always shows up. I'm the one that's always asking them, what do they need? I'm the one that's going to their house when they're not feeling well. I'm the one sending the flowers. She said, I'm constantly trying to uphold everything for everyone else. And I'm always exhausted. Even my kids, she said, I'm looking for approval from. And if they don't feel pleased with what I'm doing, I feel like a failure as a mom. People pleasing is the ultimate expression of fawn. Now, what is fawn? Well, you know that our fear response, which is an activation of our sympathetic nervous system, is represented in several behaviors right, that are clinically research-wise proven. And that is fight, flight, freeze, and the one that's often left out of those foursome, fawn. And what fawn is, it literally means begging someone to love you. So those relationships, maybe those younger relationships years ago that you remember maybe was not a good relationship, a toxic relationship, an abusive relationship with a significant other. And that relationship falls apart. And in the fear of being alone, you run back and you beg that person to take you back. That's fawn. Or maybe in a relationship between a child and a parent, if you had a parent that was abusive, emotionally abusive, verbally abusive, maybe even physically abusive, and then begging them to love you, begging them for forgiveness, even though you did nothing wrong. Fawn is not necessarily a character trait. It doesn't mean that every time you fear or you're in a place of fear or a place of stress that you go to fawn. We can play around with all these different responses, right? Maybe in certain situations, you go straight to fight, I know, you know, for me in 15 years ago, when I was under enormous stress in practice, fight was kind of my go-to. And if you want to hear that story, please go back and listen to the first part in this series. I think it was episode 249 of Stress in Medicine and Dentistry and find out what happened with me when my primary response was fight. Oh, I apologize. I think I started with, with um, flea because that was another big one for me as well. I apologize. I think it's episode 250 um, when I really highlight what flight fight looks like in a stress response. But today we're talking about fawn and how that shows up. And I think the one way that I see it show up most often is in this people-pleasing world. And it's interesting in a service industry where we take care of people, how quickly we can just take on that persona of people-pleasing, right? Because it's kind of what we do. We got to please people. We got to help people. We gotta he- we're here to heal you. So that in and of itself is a service that we're doing, right? But when people-pleasing becomes a fear response, it's when it's at the um, expense of your own needs. 
See the difference? There's something, there's a very big difference between going out of your way for someone because you love them, you want to help them, you want to heal them, you can, you can help them, and you're feeling like you're in a really good place. But when you start neglecting yourself and your own needs because you feel like you owe it to someone or you're trying to gain their approval, that's a very slippery slope. And that's when we start slipping into fawn. Some of us have been doing it for so long, we don't even recognize it. As business owners, we feel a deep sense of need to have people like us, right? We got to sell our product. We got to get people in the door. I got to make you like me. So I'm going to do everything I can. And what that sometimes can look like is opening your practice on a Saturday when you really do not want to be working on Saturdays. Saturdays are the day that you spend with your family or take care of yourself, but you find yourself pleasing the world in hopes that they'd love you back because of the fear of people not coming in the door. Or maybe fawn can come across as giving away your services for free or giving such enormous discounts. When I first started out in practice, everybody got a discount. (laughs) We had discounts for... um, First responders, discounts for students, discounts for teachers, discounts for family members, discounts for friends of friends. I mean, everyone who came in my door, you probably in those first few years got a discount. That was also an example of fawning, begging people to like me because of the fear that they wouldn't. And those fears could be in so many different places. Primarily, our fears are founded in not feeling good enough, right? That's a really big fear. When we do that as bosses, as leaders of our teams, we're often begging our team members to love us more and feeling inadequate as a team team leader. That might come across as giving away to your team. I mean, for me, I remember doing that as well making up compensating for other people not doing their job and me just coming in behind and doing everything for them or taking up the slack when I was exhausted, staying late after work to do other people's jobs for them just in the hopes that they'd stay with me, the fear that I might not be a good enough leader. Fear even shows up with parenting. Hey, I am number one, number one to say that. Um, The fear of not being a good enough mom can be a deep-seated belief for you that's causing this fear, and the reaction might be fawning to your kids, right? Examples of that might be throwing money at them, buying them things constantly, or not doing the responsible thing as parents by setting clear boundaries, constantly giving way to boundaries, constantly allowing those boundaries to fall. And we know intellectually that children don't feel safe when we let go of boundaries, when we don't create stability and certainty and safety for them, when we just make rules and then fall back on them or give in to them. Children don't feel safe in that environment. We know that intellectually, and yet we find ourselves fawning, pleasing, trying to people please. Maybe even in your friend group. I mean, historically, maybe you were the one that was always, always available to your friends, even if it was when you really needed to be doing something else for yourself or feeling like you had to always show up a certain way 
Feeling unable to be yourself, feeling unable to be authentic is a key indicator of this fawning behavior. You know, when you feel like, I just need to be someone else. Like, I don't feel good enough. I'm not confident enough in who I am. And every time I show up, I'm actually wearing this persona. Maybe going to study clubs or going to conventions or conferences, you realize, yeah, I don't know who that was. <laughs> that wasn't authentic me. And that can be a source of deep unhappiness for us when we're constantly wearing a mask. But a really good sign that maybe you're in fawn, fight, flight, freeze, or fawn in a fawning behavior as a fear response. Maybe it comes across as feeling afraid to say how you feel, right? Maybe being open and honest in relationships, in personal relationships or professional ones. But that fear of, I just can't say what I, the way I really feel. I got to say it this way or maybe not say it at all. That is an indicator of fawning behavior. Hey guys, I'm interrupting your podcast episode to let you know about an incredible new program that I'm launching in January of 2023. It is specifically for practitioners in medicine and dentistry to help you rediscover happiness and inner fulfillment within your profession and your life. I remember what it was like for me when years ago I was so depressed and anxious and feeling like I had created and built a treadmill I just couldn't get off of, pushing through every day and wishing my life away. This program is the how of how to find happiness in your practice and in your life because we know that when we feel good, that's when we can do good. Check out thebizofhappiness.com forward slash radical happiness or click the link in the show notes. I cannot wait to see you there. Putting other people's needs ahead of your own is most certainly the biggest one. And, you know, I think we do ourselves a disservice in our profession to constantly be admiring and wearing a badge of honor of quote-unquote martyrdom, right? Either it's this push-through mentality or it's the self-sacrifice mentality. And what's so interesting is you can even tell in your own words if that's something you've been doing by how you judge others. What? Okay, hold on a moment. Back this shit, ship up. <laughs> <laughs> Freudian slip there for a moment. Back this up for a moment. What do I mean? Well, what's really interesting is anytime we judge others, it's actually a reflection of a self-judgment. Ever heard the saying, all judgment is self-judgment? Okay, let's go a little deeper. If you've ever heard yourself say, you know, I'm so dedicated to my job. I show up no matter what. I go out of my way for people. I sometimes put my needs ahead, aside so, because I'm showing up for others. I care that much. Why can't I find team members who are the same way, who are as dedicated, who are willing to come in on the weekends like I do? I stay late. I show up early. I'm very dedicated. I, that's the expectation of my, I have for myself. Why don't I see other people doing that? Or what's going wrong with this generation? They just don't have the same level of dedication. 
we start creating a badge of honor around people pleasing and fawning because it's actually something that we recognize in and of ourselves that's not serving us. Hmm. We start judging other people who are not doing the same thing that we are. That's a key indicator that maybe that's a part of yourself you need to take a closer look at. When we start expecting it of others, when we start noticing, wow, I'm really different from the rest of the world here. I'm really dedicated. I put other people's needs ahead of my own. I put my kids' needs ahead of my own. I put my patients' needs ahead of my own. I will be there for you. But if it's at the cost of your own needs, now we start eroding from our happiness. And when we're not living an empowered, happy life, how can we possibly be our best selves? How can we possibly? Just for a moment, close your eyes and imagine the woman or man or non-binary person who is feeding themselves the words constantly all day, I'm not as important as everybody else. My patients come first. My children come first. I come last. I am not worthy of being the most important person in my life. I have to always be there for everyone else first. That is why people love me. That is why people appreciate me. I never put myself first. Now imagine the man, woman, non-binary person who says, I am worthy of love. I am worthy of happiness. When I feel happy, when I put myself first, I fill up my own cup so much that it flows over into the people around me. When I take care of myself, I show up fully for my patients. I show up fully for my children. I can use my analytical, creative, compassionate mind and heart because I know that I am worthy of it. I know that my heart is worthy of it. I know I am smart enough. I am capable enough that I can take care of you because I've been fueling myself all along. Now I want to show up for my patients. <gasps> I've created this time and space. I am going to be there for you because guess what? I don't need your approval I've already given it to myself. I can take care of you independent of needing your approval. Oh my gosh. Suddenly the whole idea of unconditional love takes on a whole new meaning, doesn't it? Imagine a world where you didn't have to fawn, where you didn't have to please the people around you, constantly be trying, being trying to gain someone else's approval, constantly trying to appease and um, support others because that's how you receive love, constantly trying to make sure that everyone around you can depend on you and that you'll be there no matter what. Imagine a world where you didn't have to do that where you could just take care of yourself, where you could just be yourself, show up as yourself unapologetically to those meetings, to those engagements with colleagues, to 
your children, to your spouse, to your significant other, to your patients. Imagine that you could just be yourself all the time and that self was so fulfilled that it oozed love and compassion and patience. And you didn't have to go out of your way to be available on Saturdays or evenings because those are the times that mattered to you to be home for yourself, that you could take delicious vacations that felt amazingly indulgent and abundant because it felt so good to feel yourself, to put yourself first, that you could say no easily and comfortably, not because you're hurting anybody, but because you're maintaining those boundaries and the self-love you have for yourself. And in doing so, you receive more love. That more people in the world recognize, wow, she really has her you-know-what together. Look at her. She's just always in a space of calm and just fulfillment. She loves what she's doing. She loves her family. She loves being available to her patients. She loves leading her team and she does so from a place of authenticity. Doesn't that feel different? Doesn't that feel amazing? Just to envision that possibility because I want to tell you it is possible. It is possible. Because if you've ever heard yourself say, Is this all there is to life? Literally, I came on this journey to be a dentist or I came on this journey to be a doctor and I thought I was going to be living in a world of incredible happiness. And is this all there is? Because I feel like I'm just serving everybody else all the time. And I've even lost myself. I'm not even showing up as myself. I don't even know who I am anymore. If you feel that way, you're not alone. But there is hope, I promise. There is hope. And the first step is the awareness. And that's really what this four-part series has been. And I hope that you've enjoyed it because I just wanted to illuminate for you that maybe you've been living in a place of high stress. That's it. Stress causes us to do these things, to be in fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. And we just accept that that's the way it is. We just say, that's the way it is. That's the way the system is, or we blame the system, but you have so much more power in you. You have so much more power in you. It's time we stopped giving away our power to the quote unquote system or the insurance companies or the education. Take back your power. Take back your power. Give yourself those incredible strong legs to stand on to take back your happiness. It is possible and I am living proof of it because I was in that place, my friend, where I felt like a victim of my circumstances, even as a dentist, even earning a lot of money, even having a practice, even as a mom, even having everything that society says that should be success, having enormous privilege, I still felt miserable and I pulled myself out of it and I would love to show you how. I would love to show you how because it's possible. And the secret really is within you. That's it. That's it. So if listening to this episode, you're recognizing, oh my gosh, I think I'm in fawn. I'm in fawn and I never realized that fawning, people pleasing is a fear response. I'm in fear. I'm in stress and overwhelm and burnout. Then I would love to invite you to join us in Radical Happiness for Practitioners. So I created this program. 
It's a 12-week program. It's specifically for professionals in medicine and dentistry. And I poured my heart into it for you. Not because I need to people please, <laughs> but because it comes from a place of enormous, enormous love and radical self-acceptance and radical, radical understanding of the human psyche. So it, what makes this program different really is it's not just a bunch of positive affirmations, but it really is understanding and recognizing what those practices are to get into our subconscious understanding. Because if you're not feeling good enough, I don't care how many times you tell yourself a day, I'm good enough, I'm good enough, I'm good enough. You need to support yourself from the subconscious. So that's where we go, my friend. And it's specifically for medical and dental practitioners because I believe deeply that when you feel good, you can do good. That when you feel great about yourself, when you are taking care of yourself, when you're living a life of radical happiness, hence the title, you can be the best practitioner. You can be the best doctor. You can be the best parent. You can be the best significant other. Right? And doesn't that make so much sense? So if you're listening to this and you're realizing, yeah, I want to know more. I want to know how to let go of this people-pleasing forever. I want to understand how to face those fears, how to face those stresses in medicine and dentistry. Join me on Radical Happiness for Practitioners, and I'd love to welcome a conversation if you're not sure what it is. I'm going to leave the uh, link to Radical Happiness in the show notes, but you can also find it if you're driving, www.thebizofhappiness forward slash Radical Happiness. There you go. Or check in with me. Let's have a call. Let's jump on a call together. I'd love to chat. I'd love to see if this is something that would serve you. And if not, hey, no worries. But if you're interested, if you just want to know more, you're welcome to join me and let's just chat about it and see if this program could support you. I have literally watched it change people's lives and people step into enjoying themselves more. Maybe it's enjoying yourself and finally discovering that you're worthy of your dreams and actually buying that practice. Or maybe it's selling that practice. <laughs> maybe it's leaving medicine and dentistry all, all together, but you just didn't know if that was the right thing to do. I mean, those are the kinds of things that we talk about in Radical Happiness for Practitioners. And that is the journey I support you on over 12 weeks. It is groundbreaking and transformational, I promise you. So, let me know if that sounds like something you're interested in. And until we speak again, my friends, remember, when you feel good, that's when you can do good. So take care of yourself today. Put yourself first today. You are worthy. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Business of Happiness podcast. When you prioritize your own happiness and healing, you can be better for everyone else. If this episode resonated with you, be sure to share it with a colleague and elevate their day. And if you'd like more insight and support, join me in our private Facebook group, The Business of Happiness Hive. And until next time, remember, when you feel good, that's when you can do good. Bye-bye.